Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Bootleg Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Coleman, here with my wonderful co-host, EJ Snyder. And we are in Las Vegas, and we're doing a day one and day two recap of the East-West Shrine Bowl. A little bit of a technical difficulty yesterday with the day one recap, so we're kind of throwing everything together for uh, for day one and day two. We're going to talk about a lot of players today that have really had strong openings to the practice week. Uh, we're moving tomorrow over to Allegiant Stadium. Uh, first two practices were at UNLV. Tomorrow's at Allegiant. And uh, we got two more practice days and then kind of an off day. And then uh, we got the game Thursday night at Allegiant in primetime on NBC, right? Correct. NBC. Uh, it's been a hell of a week so far. This has been a top-notch event in I don't know, virtually every way, like we've done other all-star events before, other draft events before. The organization has been impeccable. I mean, the staff here led by Eric Alco has been super helpful. Practice has been highly organized. The drills have been amazing. The players have been great. The interviews have been great. Uh, I, I got no complaints, EJ. What about you? No, it's been fantastic. Our access in particular to players really getting to tell their stories and dig into how they're thinking about things, how they came to be where they are, has been fantastic. On the field, the ability to get very close, any angle you want, it almost feels like, has been tremendous. You're seeing some of that content pop up on Twitter if you follow us there. Um, Really feels pretty good, especially for the first year of an event with a huge move. Used to be in Florida and St. Petersburg for years and years, decades in fact. Moving out to Las Vegas, really feels tremendously smooth the players like it the weather's been fantastic oh my god 60 degrees clear blue skies <laughs> almost no wind just perfect football conditions everything so far has been smooth except for our wi-fi at the airbnb yeah. which is why we're here in the players lounge uh, advertised as business class gigabit down wi-fi it's basically like the carl lawson of wi-fi it's great when it's healthy not healthy very often. It's just availability <laughs> is the number one ability, and so we're here instead. Yeah. We wanted to do live streams this week. That ain't happening. <laughs> not we on that we might do them here, but we're not Maybe. doing them at our place. But yeah. we got plenty of players to talk about, offense and defense. The teams are divided up east and west, which is a bit of an anachronistic designation because it's not where they played college ball, so it's a little confusing. But the cool thing about teams here at the Shrine Bowl is that they're divided by scheme. So players who are better in a 3-4 scheme in defense are put on one team. Uh, 
4-3 scheme on the other team. So they really get to showcase where they played or where they will play in the league. League loves it. Scouts have been mm-hmm. extremely positive. Players have been extremely positive because it certainly shows them in the best light. So we decided for this cut to just take four offensive players, four defensive players, regardless of team, uh, and talk about, again, the guys that have had hot starts, impressed us, um, maybe made us mark down in our books that we're going to go back and look at their tape a little bit more closely after this event because they've made plays on the field with their peers. And for some of them, you know, making me want to go look at them the first time because we can't look at all 120 guys or whatever it is that, that are here. Uh, but some of them have popped so much in practice that I want to go back and and give them a first look because it was it was wow. Uh, for me, why don't we start with, with offense? Sure. Um, I'll start with uh, Chiggy Okonkwo, the tight end from Maryland. Really, really good athlete. Not necessarily in like a suddenness, quickness kind of way. Like, not that he's not quick, but he's not, you know, Travis Kelsey. He's not George Kittle. He's not that kind of like really instant. instant quick. It's more of like a gathering speed type of guy, which is interesting because he's like 6'2", 240. 45, maybe maxed out at 245, to be honest. When you look at him next to some of the other tight ends, you're like, okay, yeah, he's he's not that big. But he's also probably the best blocking tight end here, despite his size. Phenomenal technician. His quads are the size of an F-150. He's got so much ass mass. Yep. And he's just, he's so low and so strong that you just can't really get under him. So he's really good at digging people out. And that's something that you look at on tape in actual games. Like, he, they put him at Y. How often do you see a 6'2, 240 pound tight end play Y? Not as often as he wins. Yes. Uh, he wins just about every time. The coolest thing about that, at that size, he's definitely going to be a TE2. He's not going to be a 1A alpha tight mm-hmm. end. Nobody's going to draft him for that. But if you draft him as your TE2 and you bring him out on the field, it doesn't matter where you put him or move him, motion him. You're not tipping your hand as to what you're going to do because he's such a good blocker, typically a tight end of that size. You put that guy in the slot, they're like, mm, they're, he's either going to run her out or catch one. Yeah. You put him in the slot, he can crack. Like, he can absolutely crack a DE, seal the lane, have the running back go behind him. He's that good as a blocker. So that's that's a tremendous advantage for an offense, being able to shift personnel and not tip your hand to the defense, and he has those kind of skills. I mean, they even leave him one-on-one in pass pro. On, with DEs. With defensive ends. Like, not yep. like small 220-pound linebackers. Like, actual defensive ends that he's playing against, you know, big, major college programs, Penn State, and he's winning one-on-one pass pro reps with these guys. So I, I kind of likened him to, like, a Delaney Walker for sure. You know, that kind of guy, undersized but great blocker, functional speed. Actually, that's more than functional speed. Functional quickness. Right. Better long speed. Um, some drops problems here and there on tape. He hasn't dropped anything this week so far. But just a really, really solid player that probably going to get drafted on day three and be a really, really good contributor for somebody. Yeah, a guy that can grow into his role. Big value. Again, yeah. Not going to be a probably round one through three guy. Going to be one of those guys that gets drafted in maybe second half of the fourth round down, and then three years from now when he's worked his way into a more contributing role and people are talking about him like Gerald Everett or Delaney Walker or whatever, everybody's going to say, how did he go in the fifth? His blocking is tremendously underrated. Great asset for him. Who do you got as your number one for offense? 
I'm also going to go tight end, but kind of the other end of the spectrum. I'm going to go Jelani Walker, <laughs> UVA. Jelani Walker is a guy that everybody thinks is a tackle. Like he he's lines up and fucking big. He's really, really <laughs> big, and we're saying that looking at a field of really, really big football players. Almost everybody thinks of it thinks of him as a tackle. In fact, we talked to a defensive player yesterday. And they were like, man, look at the size of that tackle. And then I looked at him. His number was zero. And I was like, what's going on? He's a tight end. He's huge. He's got really good hands. Obviously presents a huge target for the quarterback. But what got to me yesterday on day one was his get off. Right? Yeah. His first two steps at that size, really, really tall. Better than you'd expect. Good hands. Competes for the ball. His routes are a little round, but you'd expect that from a guy that's like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, mm-hmm. Like, great catcher, good long speed. Uh, talked to another national scout today who's very well known, said he looks just like Mo Alley-Cox. And I yeah. said, Mo Alley-Cox with more acceleration. He was like, yeah, you're right. Jelani Walker's a guy that's going to turn some heads. This tight end class overall, if you haven't started to look at it, is as good as we've had in three years at least Maybe more because th- that's just more. the Shrine Bowl guys. You look at the Senior Bowl guys on top of that, and that's it's the thing is yeah. probably seven of the eight Senior Bowl guys are going to get drafted before Jelani Woods, and that's just not on talent. That's just everybody that needs a tight end yeah. can't pick two. So by the time you get down to a Jelani Woods, somebody's going to get a steal with Jelani Woods. They're going to get a value. He's going to go in the fourth or the fifth after all these other guys. Rucker, and you just keep naming guys, right? Dulcich from UCLA. Like, there's a lot of guys stacked in front of him. Jelani Woods is going to be a really good tight end in the NFL, in the pros, for a long time, and somebody's going to get a great value just because there's so much depth at the position this year. So I'm going to keep it with tight end for my number two because – because it's a great class. Might as well stay on brand. Yeah. So my number two is a guy who literally did not play <laughs> tight end at all. Didn't even train for it till he showed up to the Shrine Bowl this week. Today was day two of practice. Yesterday was day one. Yesterday was the first time he ever ran a route. Every time he ever blocked, he'd never done it. And that's Armani Rogers from Ohio slash UNLV before. Because yeah. uh, he played here before, ironically. Uh, he's a quarterback convert incredible athlete 6'5 225 at the moment but he's trying to put on weight again it was kind of like a late ad and uh you know Eric Alco to his credit you know he he's he knew people with the Ohio program that were like hey this dude is a freak he's gonna test with like Julius Thomas type numbers which is the comparison that was thrown around you gotta get him there you gotta get him running routes just show people what kind of athlete he is again he had never done anything at this position ever day one he's getting open on post routes he's just leaving people in the dust and team period catching shallow cross like when he opens up and he's running like it is crazy like he is a ridiculous athlete yeah and his frame can easily hold more weight for anybody that's worried about his current weight don't um we saw him yesterday we got to interview him yesterday after practice and we were both just open mouth flabbergasted that he'd never even trained at tight end he said no i was always throwing the ball because he was a quarterback um think of logan thomas think of all the guys that have been tight ends that converted like he just did it earlier and logan thomas should have done it earlier and i was talking to another scout today who said when you know that quarterback's not your thing you should make that transition earlier and he's doing it before he enters the pros uh he got out on a sort of it was a little out route that 
sort of turned into a scramble drill. He turned it into a wheel route. He got to the boundary. He was running out of space, so he just turned it up the field. Quarterback found him late. It was right in front of us. He opened up, and we both just looked at each other and went, oh, dude. Like, <laughs> he's making somebody's roster. Did yeah. you see that speed at that size? Easily can hold more weight. I think he can hold the speed as well. Hands don't really seem to be an issue, which is amazing considering yeah. how little he's caught the ball. Uh, don't go looking for his tight end tape. There is none. He's literally <laughs> never played it. Um, just remember the name. Armani Rogers from Ohio University. He's going to make a dent. Uh, people might wait again with this tight end class. They're really late. This could be a sixth or seventh round guy. because, uh, yeah. Well, after this week. Maybe not seventh. True, but it's, this is a wild card pick, right? You're picking a guy that's never played a position, but scouts that believe will absolutely grab this guy, and he's going to make a dent. If your team runs two tight end sets, he could play really quickly, which is ridiculous to come out on an all-star field, mm-hmm. not some random college practice field. Come out on an all-star field, some of the best players in the country, play a position you've never played and look in place and actually make some plays on top of that is staggering. I sounds weird to say I was more excited about him than even Lucas Kroll. Lucas Kroll's had a good week. And again, that's nothing against Kroll, but no, it's just, it's a different kind of physical ability. And I, again, I know Kroll has a lot of weight on him, but they just, they move differently. Yeah. He's going to make the league. He's if, going to. If you're looking for a player that can make explosive plays, Armani Rodgers in space is going to do that. I don't think Crawl in space is going to do that. He's a great contested catcher. Good, really good tight end. Kenny Pickett's tight end at Pitt, again, has had a very good week. But if yeah. you're looking for some flash, again, and Crawl's going to get drafted higher than Armani Rodgers. Almost guarantee it. For sure. Yeah. So, it's it. come on, we're in Vegas. It's like buying a ticket, man, <laughs> right? You're, you're looking at a guy – you're betting on him to make the switch. You're looking at what he's done against some top competition. There's some scouts dinging their GMs right now going, so. <laughs> About this kid. Yeah. Who's uh, who's your number two for offense? Uh, I'm going to go Ty Chandler, the running back for North Carolina. Now, North Carolina, you might think, well, geez, they just had Javante Williams and Michael Carter last year. True. Ty Chandler wasn't there. About halfway through this college season, if you weren't looking up Ty Chandler stats, you probably needed to be. He, they just simply reloaded. He had a yeah. tremendous year with Sam Howell in that offense. Um, smaller smaller running back, great power. Got to see him in pass pro drills with Jennifer King, who's the Washington football running backs coach, who's here coaching running backs, is coaching his squad. Good pop and power in his hands. Uh, almost ran me over on a pass route today. I posted that <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, Pro-level athletes will get on you very quickly. Um, they cover a lot of space. Good hands. You need that in the modern NFL, the ability to catch passes, but it's also shown pop in his limited opportunities to run the ball. All-star games, not necessarily the best barometer for true running back skills because there's no real hitting, yeah. no tackle breaking, the kind of thing you want to see balanced through true contact when people are really trying to take you down. But he showed all that on tape, so I'm not worried about it. Good speed. Um, again, a guy that probably isn't going to be drafted super high, yeah. but is going to be one of those mid to late round running backs that produces immediately and everybody says, see, that's why you don't draft a first round running back. So Ty Chandler, keep your eye on him. And he's he's not the most diplomatic way to say this, not the most dangerous guy as a receiver, but again, when you were working the choice routes today in drills, still getting open. Super capable. Still getting open. It's enough. 
It's yep. enough. It's almost like a, I don't know, is it weird for me to compare him to like Josh Kelly? No, not at all. Like not at same all. same kind of skill set to me where it's like, again, a little bit of an all-rounder, yep. but going to make a roster, going to be a contributor. Uh, you know, Josh Kelly is weirdly super vertically explosive, but doesn't maybe, maybe not like the first 10 yards kind of explosive. He's a very niche kind of player, but kind of reminded me of him, you know, a little bit of an all-rounder, but good player. Good Absolutely player. A good great player. And again, we've seen running backs drafted late and make an impact. Yeah. I mean, you're, there's a million of them. Yep. There's a million, like at this point, if you're taking a running back in the first round, you, you better you, be you, super <laughs> duper sure. You better have a reason. Yeah. You better have a reason. Um, Kyle Phillips is my number three. Speaking of UCLA players. Of course. Oof. Um, I was not prepared for Kyle Phillips in one-on-ones. He's been... Neither ar- were the defensive backs. Neither were they. <laughs> He's been arguably the best receiver here. Yep. Uh, definitely on day one. Day two, there were some other guys that made some plays. Thornton's had two good days. I'll get to him later. Uh, but Kyle Phillips, and we've talked to him. We interviewed him. Great guy to talk to, by the way. Yep. Profiles more as a slot receiver. I think he can get some snaps outside as a Z. As an X, maybe. Again, might be kind of matchup dependent. Um, not that he doesn't have really good quicks off the line, um, and he's really shifty, but he's not the, the heaviest dude. So against certain corners, you really don't want to keep him on the line of scrimmage. But as a slot and as a Z, somebody's going to get just a, at least a yard of space to really work with his feet and his hips because he's so damn quick. You know, uh, I think I can't remember who it was that said uh, he's he's Hunter Renfro after drinking two espresso shots, and like I completely agree. That's the comp for the rest of the season. It's perfect because he's a really really good route runner. Like you saw him the one on ones, like he was throwing stuff at corners that I guarantee you some of those corners have never seen before. Yep. In terms of like the head fakes and you know, how how do I say that? Like upshifting and downshifting, you know in terms of switching up speeds and route pacing and yep. the way he stems and, you know, works against leverage. Like, he's he's really, really good as a route runner. Again, does he have the deep speed of, say, Taekwon Thornton? No, but it's enough. Yep. And so I think as an inside guy and potentially as a Z, he's going to be an immediate contributor. If he goes to the right team that plays in 11 personnel all day, cough, cough, Buffalo, um, yeah, he would He would probably be a 60-plus catch guy, like, as a rookie. Yeah, I don't think that's a stretch at all. Kyle Phillips has shown more separation in two days than probably almost all the other receivers combined. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, and when we talked to him today, he's a student of the game. He understands. He has the, the guys he listed off will not surprise you. Devontae Adams. Um, Keenan was Keenan a big, Allen, big guy for him. Uh, yeah. You know, all the, all the key technician route runners – and he gets compared to a lot of slots. So he said, I watch some slots, but I really want to watch everybody. And he talked about the coordination of all the things, mm-hmm. right? Where your shoulders are, where your head is, where you're leaning, where your feet are. And watching all those things on tape and trying to bring them into his game. And it shows on tape. And the sum total of those moves is amazing. He's getting a yard, yard and a half of separation. He was quarterback's favorite target in the first couple of days because he was the easiest guy to throw to because he was wide open. Um, The thing I was most impressed with is although he doesn't have a ton of deep speed, he's not necessarily a burner, he could keep his separation down the field. So while he may not pull away from you because he separates and you have to take steps to catch up, 
he's still open down the field on deep routes because typically when we say slot receiver, open short, open immediately. Four or six guys that are really good with a 10-yard split. Exactly. <laughs> open in the mid-range. Yeah. But he was keeping separation down the field on the first day, and I asked him about that, and he said, look, I can hold it if I get it, but yeah. I get it at the line and I hold it down the field. Made a ton of sense. I absolutely think he could step into a third receiver role, catch 60-plus balls for 700-plus yards as a rookie, and I would not be at all shocked. This is my not-shocked Kyle Phillips phase. I just want to warn all of you, by the way. He will get compared to Cooper Cup. That is wrong. Not the same guy. Not the same guy. Great player. They're both great players. They're very different. <laughs> just yeah, the before Hunter, we get to it. <laughs> Hunter Renfro is a closer comp, but I actually think maybe even a little bit better deep down the field. He's got a ways to go to get to Renfro because Renfro is the artist right now oh, in the NFL He's in gross. short to medium. But he understands yeah. that, and he could get there. This is a guy that two or three years from now, if he goes to a system like New England that is fully competent using slot receivers, he'll be productive immediately. Hell, even if he goes to Vegas here. Yeah. You can use him and Renfro, Renfro at the same time. Like, what a nightmare. Oh, God. Because you do not have <laughs> two nickel slot corners who are as good as those two guys. No. You're going to get a matchup. Throw Waller outside. Yeah. You go two by two. And he loves to block. He does. As, as a smaller guy. Yeah. Really enjoys physical contact. Enjoy. He's, we asked him about one of his favorite plays in college. He brought up where he threw a block. For uh, Charbonnet, the running back at UCLA, sprung him deep down the sidelines at home. The you know the stadium exploded. He said that was honestly one of the most gratifying plays I had in my college career. So he's a guy that's going to give you his all. Very smart football player. Loves to study. Loves the game. Um, really, really good player. All right, give me your number three. My number three. Got to give uh, another wide receiver some love, but a completely different profile <laughs> than Kyle Phillips. And I'm going to yeah. go a name you probably haven't heard. Tanner Connor. Yeah, I knew it was coming. Yep. Yeah. Tanner Connor, wide receiver, uh, comes in here in what looks like a Bengals uniform, and strangely enough it is, but it's the Idaho State Bengals. Everybody thought he was Princeton. He said guys kept asking me, like, what my jersey was. <laughs> Not a lot of people know Idaho State here. Um, guy that's getting overlooked largely because of where he come from, not because of who he is. <laughs> yeah. This guy is 6'3", 230, legit. We asked him what he was going to run. What did he say? 4-3. Weight room fanatic. Ugh. Which, if, by the way, we have to wait for the pro day on that because he didn't get a combine invite. I don't even know how the hell the Shrine Bowl even found this guy because yeah. he's a crazy athlete. And I, I kind of believe the 4-3, by the way, just based on the separation he was getting deep. Like, that was not blowing smoke. And he's so freaking big that at first I was like, who's that tight end that's <laughs> dusting corners? Uh, and he wasn't the only one. Yeah. Uh, he certainly wasn't the only one being confused. He said day one he stepped up and a cornerback stepped up opposite him in the route. And one of the linebackers came over and said, no, no, bro, I got him. It's a tight end. And he was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not a tight end. I'm a wide receiver. And the corner was just like, you're, you're kidding, right? Because he's it, massive. He looks, uh, you could say power slot. You could say whatever you want. This is a very large wide receiver. Track background, weight room background. Yeah. We asked him what he ran in track. And he was a short sprinter and a hurdler. Yeah. All about explosive power. Knows how to run. The thing that caught my eye today was he was on a crossing route. He caught the ball and then exploded. He left the defender after the ball was in his hands. Absolutely dusted the guy. And I, like, double took. And I was like, holy cow. Like, 
that guy can run. Might not be the quickest off the line. Again, long levers. Looks like he's running a little bit slower, but he's 6'3". Yeah. So he's got those very long legs, and he will eat up cushions. He loves to eat up cushion, get on defensive backs, toes. Um, loves to block because he's bigger than most of the guys <laughs> he's going against. Can make for a very long day. He's not going to be on a lot of people's lists. He's not going to be in high demand. Um, you know, Look, as a Bears fan, Bears only have one receiver under contract next year. It's Darnell Mooney. Yeah. They need a lot of help. If they went out and got a guy like Tanner Connor in the late rounds, I would be ecstatic. If they got him into UDFA, I'd be through the roof. This guy can play good hands, good routes, crazy long speed because he knows how to stride, and just a massive frame. Really, really good player. I, I never thought I'd be putting Idaho State pro days on my calendar, but you are now. I will now. Yep. My God, if four three is legit. <laughs> Honestly, even if a guy at his size runs like a four four one, I'll take it. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> he's getting drafted. He's not going to UDFA. Great, great player. Yeah. Great interview. Um, he he's gonna be a weapon if that guy's your fourth receiver. Yeah, your fourth corner probably can't hang with him. Probably can't handle a two hundred thirty pounder that runs four four. That's uh, no, it's just a height weight speed equation at that point. Yeah, uh, my fourth guy is somebody who also supposedly runs four three. And I also believe it. Uh, Tyquan Thornton from Baylor. Complete opposite build. I mean, rail thin. Very, very thin. Yeah. But also plays a lot more physical than you expect from somebody yeah, from, from his frame. Like, people it's, – it's, it's basically like a, a Marquez Valdez-Scantling frame, but he plays way more physical than MBS. And that's no, no shot at MBS. It's just, you know, he is what he is good player but he's not the most physical dude because he's not super heavy whereas Thornton like he he will fight you down the entire route and maintain position and I totally believe the speed just based on you know watching him hit those deep posts and one-on-ones like he's legit fast legit tough has pretty good hands there was only one ball that might have been a drop but it also wasn't a great ball so I can't really ding him too much but he's done really really well in the one-on-ones in team period, like you, you, you kind of see the safeties back up a little bit when he comes in for a rep because they know what he can do. Uh, might be the highest drafted receiver here, either him Probably. or Phillips, just because of his physical tools. And honestly, if he goes to the Packers, who were definitely chatting him up at, a lot, a lot, um, he can slide in and be MVS for them like immediately. Yeah, you know what scouts are doing about Tyquan Thornton here. Uh, writing down his name and circling it and highlighting They're nodding. it. <laughs> right? They'll have yeah. their head down and looking at something. A play will happen on the field and they'll say to the person next to him, was that Thornton? Yeah. And the scouts are like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So day two and scouts are nodding about Tyquan Thornton. Like, yep, it was Thornton. Everybody, uh, okay, they just don't write anymore. They already have their notes and it's just confirming the priors. Um, yeah, if you love wide receivers that are built like brick shit houses, he will not be your favorite. <laughs> Um, he is very, very thin, but fights for sideline receptions. Yeah. Ended up on the ground twice yesterday. It's a big deal in all-star games. They have rules against putting people on the ground. They don't want to get any uh, broken collarbones. They don't want to get any guys tangled up with their legs. That you know, are trying to keep everybody healthy. So they get very upset. When Tell guys that get to the, the Pac-12 kids because they keep just beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some Pac-12 priors being. There's paid a lot off. of animosity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at, at the Shrine Bowl, but no, Tyquan Thornton uh, will absolutely go up, high point the ball. If he gets upended, he doesn't care. Tough kid, comes down with it. 
Um, I'd look away from the build, look towards the speed, the hands, the routes. I, I'd go with you that he's probably going to be one of the highest drafted receivers out of this group. I would say likely him or Phillips. Correct. Just based on the first couple of days of practice. And there's some other really, really good dudes here. Yep. Um, who's your number four? For My number four, I gotta give some, gotta give some offensive line love. Alec Lindstrom, the offensive center. Yeah, brother of the other Lindstrom who the just other, the first round yeah. from Boston College. Right. Interior lineman. So here we have another interior offensive lineman from Boston College, who is basically stoning all the defensive linemen here over and over. He did get beat once in OLDL one-on-one reps today. It was late in the period. Everybody else, all the guys, even some of the guys we're going to talk about that we really rave for the defensive line standouts, when they go up against Lindstrom, he's boring. But that's what you want out of an offensive lineman. He's boring good, not boring bad. Uh, He'll get a hold of guys. He understands leverage. He can anchor. He can redirect. um, Good movement skills, great communication skills, all the things that we heard about in the scouting report, but he just stones guys left and right. And I know that may not be the most exciting thing, but as a fan of a team that needs an offensive center, they drafted a guy like Alec Lindstrom, I would be all for it. Just already penciled him in for Chicago. I sure, mean, it's it's a perfect fit. Yeah, him or Brock Hoffman, either one. I would be. I'll would take be really them both. Happy. Different players, but uh, yeah, boring, good. Uh, let's go to defense. My first uh, defensive player uh, is Ali Fayad, who is the edge from Western Michigan. Smaller dude, um, and even on the field, he's probably the smallest edge that they got out there. I would agree. But he doesn't play like it. Nope. Like, the measurables are kind of lying with this one a little bit. Very much like Shaq Barrett energy. Now, he doesn't have as many clubs in the bag as Shaq yet. yet, (laughs) But the build is very similar, and he's so loose in the hips like Shaq. He hit a spin move today, which he told us he was going to hit when we interviewed him a couple days ago. Uh, And he said, look, tomorrow in practice, I'm going to hit my spin. He did a fake spin first day. He won on a fake spin on day one. This time he hit the real spin. Yeah, I put that one on Twitter. If you're looking for it, go back on my Twitter, check it out. One of the most, you called it the most arrogant moves a defender can pull off because it's I've hit the spin so many times that I'm going to turn my shoulders, you're going to react to it, and I'm going to run right by you, which is what he did. Um, yeah, he needs to develop his second pitch if we're talking about baseball analogies. Yeah. The spin inside or outside, which is also really rare. Usually yeah. guys love He's a got side. really good hips. That's the thing. That's why I have faith in him is because if you have good hips as a pass rusher, you're probably going to be okay and he's got good leverage again strength isn't his game as much but he's got such good leverage that he can still generate some movement he was going up against um bam oliseni from utah got swallowed a little bit because bam is like 6 8 340 so i don't really blame him on that one but for a normal sized tackle which is still a large human being he was still able to generate a lot of power, and he's not going to go up against a 6'8", 340-pound guy every week in the NFL, even in the league. Yeah, and he's not going to be the A1 rusher. That's not what his role is going to be. He's going to be that great counterpunch, that change yeah. of pace. That he's the other, other guy, just like Shaq Barrett was. Coming a wave, pass rush specialist. Uh, he will play special teams. Tremendous attitude. Uh, very confident, but not cocky. We'll tell you absolutely <laughs> what his strengths are. 
a little short armed so when he goes up against those guys with real long arms he can get swallowed even when he goes for a long arm move if they really get a hold of him and can limit that rotation in his hips then he's kind of done but ball of energy really smart player just loves 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 the game loves to compete um, told us today how he planned to win against <laughs> and <did it. laughs> folks that uh, you know were selling him short on power. He said, "Look, I won with you know movement today. I won with agility. I want to show people I'm not a one-trick pony. This is what I'm going to do." Um, really, really fun player. And if you get him in that rotational role, could make an impact and absolutely will hit on special teams for you. If he just gets a, a cross chop move, he'll be okay because yeah, then he can win both directions. He's got to have a counter punch. Yeah. For sure. Good player, though. Uh, yeah. Who's your number one for defense? My number one is a uh, big guy in the middle that we got to talk to you today that's had two great days of practice. Matthew Butler, the defensive tackle for oh, Tennessee. Monster. Uh, yeah, just a very large human being who has been winning uh, with power, but more so with speed. I've been really impressed with his quickness at his size, at his mass. Um, not a guy you would expect to be as fast with either his hands or his feet. And he's fast with both. So he has gotten by people on the interior quickly. And as we all know, interior pressure is what quarterbacks hate the most because they have to react to it instantly. It will break a play. Matthew Butler is a guy that's going to come in, probably play a penetrating three-tech, although he is big enough to play other roles. He could play a one. He would prefer to play a three. And after seeing his speed and quickness, I think that's probably his ideal role. He has won a lot of reps over the last couple of days. And, you know, he's, again, you look at the box scores and people are like, eh, he doesn't have a whole lot of tackle for losses, not a lot of sacks. But you think about the, the system that he was playing in in Tennessee for his first, right. you know, three years. He wasn't really let off the leash, so to speak, in that system. It was very much play gap and a half. Sure. You know, tackle the running back a yard or two <laughs> past the line of scrimmage. And then, you know, you get into 38 and third and eight, and then they're throwing all these crazy pressures and stuff like that. And, again, he was he was very much a setup guy for everyone else because that's how that system worked, and he's really, really good, and it was very effective. It's, it's the same kind of stuff that, you know, Nick Saban does at Bama and, you know, Belichick and Flores, like interior defensive linemen in those kind of systems don't necessarily get to shine as much um, until you get into, like, third down. And even then, they're – doing so many stunts that you never know who's actually going to get the, the sacks with those. And then in his last year, all of a sudden they kind of let him get upfield a little bit more and, you know, right. flashes explosion and it showed he can do it. So the fact that he has that kind of versatility where it's like, hey, you want him to play head up twos on a guard and play gap and a half, you could do that. Or you want to, you know, kick out to a three or like on a four eye on third downs and, and go roast a guard in, in pass bro, you could do that too. Really, really talented player. Great interview, by the way. I love the disdain. (laughs) Like, this is a very calm human being as a defensive tackle. Very measured. Very intelligent. When he disliked somebody (laughs) or something that we asked about. He let you know. (laughs) The amount of disdain that he was able to communicate with almost no words was staggering. And it was awesome we loved it i mean we, we asked about a particular player that he played against that gave him trouble and he said look i'm not talking down to anybody nobody gave me any trouble he said some people won some reps i won reps back that's the way it goes 
we said, well, what about this one guy? And he said, well, that one guy gets penalized a lot, and there's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> it was just dripping with with subtext. It was a fantastic interview. Really, yeah. I can't wait to see where he goes. If they use him in an attacking one-gap set, I can't wait for it because those are the reps he's been winning hand over fist day after day here. Yeah, I mean, again, if if – Again, we don't know exactly what defense the Bears are going to have, but it's sounding kind of like they want to go into, like, aggressive, you know, one-gap defense. Everybody's flying up the field. We're putting four or five guys on the line of scrimmage. Um, he could fit. I he like could, it. He could absolutely fit. And he could fit in a lot of systems. Great player. Very cerebral. Tons of physical tools. Big dude. Person. Oh my god. Like one of the biggest defensive linemen here in sort of every way. He's well proportioned, but he's just a big guy. And he moves really quick. Yeah. Um, in that same kind of vein, we also talked to uh, Derek Tangelo today. <sighs> Penn State freaking nature. Transfer from Duke. I don't know if this is true. I don't know if it's gonna happen. He said he's run this. So he's three oh five. He says that he's been clocked at four six in training. Yeah. Which I know that sounds crazy, but keep in mind, Penn State. Freak factory. Freak factory, like whatever they do with their strength and conditioning program, like four six for a three hundred five pounder for most programs sounds insane. For Penn State, that's a Tuesday. So I would not be shocked and just looking at him and, and his explosiveness in reps today. Like in the one on ones, like oof. His get-off is pretty insane for 305. I I wouldn't consider that number crazy. And again, he's another one of these guys who didn't get a combine invite for whatever reason, probably because he played at Duke in his one year at Penn State. Um, at that Penn State Pro Day, when he's, when he's running, pay attention to the number because he could be a massive riser. Riser. Yeah. <laughs> Scouts know who he is at this point. But um, in terms of draft media, he could be a name that really – gets on the radar for a lot of people if he's putting up those kind of numbers like what he said he could do yeah and that's not his only game you know his speed is even if it's high four six low four seven that's this, insane this guy's a wide body he is all of 305 um jeff Ganina, who is a former miami dolphins lineman is the defensive line coach for his team down here they're working hand drills today they all call him coach z he had the big pads on his hands, and he was working on basically a chop and then clear the elbow move. And the two guys that ran that drill with violence, like commitment, were Matthew Butler and, and Derek Tangelo. <laughs> yeah, that and was that was the list. Yeah. He's got hammer hands. That was the thing that really sort of caught my eyes. I heard it first, smacking down that hand, popping the elbow, and you heard bam, bam, and he went by, bam, bam. And you look back at those reps, and – if he runs anywhere near what he says he runs at his weight, uh, he's not going to be a riser. He's going to be a guy that comes in and plays in a defensive line rotation immediately. Yeah, because that's that's like Aaron Donald numbers. Yeah, let's be real. Like that is and heavy, heavy. Uh, all right, who is your number two? For uh, Nick Grant, defensive back from mm. Virginia, and I say defensive back because he played a lot of corner at Virginia. He's playing safety here. He's embraced that role. We asked him what he preferred. Uh, he said he loves playing near the ball. <laughs> so, great answer. Sounds like a safety. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> good range. A lot of good tape from Virginia. Um, 
is a guy that can come up and hit, understands the role of the safety coming down to fill the gap, is not afraid of that. We asked him about taking on pulling guards, asked him about the rule that uh, doesn't allow you to cut them. Uh, he wasn't thrilled about that. He said, yeah, that's, that's, that's a long piece of day. But my favorite piece of that answer was somebody's got to do it. Yeah, and He's a guy willing to do it. Um, good size, pretty good snap in his hips, good feet, you know, experience at corner and safety. Sounds like a lot of other guys yeah. that we've heard that have played really well in the league. Javon Holland was a guy like that. Um, Thomas Graham for the Bears, another guy that's played safety. And Andre corner. Hal, who doesn't play anymore. He retired after four or five seasons with the Texans, but he was a, he was a corner at Vandy, converted to safety in the NFL, and immediately led them in picks, like yep. from day one. Same kind of guy. Like, safeties with corner skills, especially today, in the, in the style of defense the defenses play, like, you, you need that. You brought it up. Like, it's all man after a while. Yeah. Right? If they go wide, you're manned up against the slot. So, you, yeah. you better have the skills, and he does. My number three, when looking at defense, uh, getting away to the exact opposite body type of Nick Grant, is, uh, <laughs> is Noah Ellis. Ooh. Massive massive human being uh listed at 6'4 366 i believe it i believe it but the thing is uh <laughs> a lot like these crazy freakazoids that that galco's brought in here first step for a 366 pounder doesn't look natural like he's he is a really good athlete probably gonna go fairly late in the draft because again he's a nose tackle from idaho like that that's not gonna get drafted high but the kind of athlete that he is and the kind of player that he's been, especially uh, not just in the one-on-ones, but in the team drills where you're watching how a play literally just kind of orbits around his gravity in the run <laughs> game. Like, it's, it's pretty, pretty special to watch what he can do to a run scheme because he's so big and he's so quick. And again, nose tackles are a very underappreciated position. He's going to go late, but he's very, very talented. And I would love for him to go to a defensive line, uh, a defensive line coach right. that can develop him into being, say, like a, a Grover Stewart type guy. You know, somebody who comes out of nowhere but has a lot of tools, a lot of size. And, you know, Grover Stewart was a completely unknown quantity for. 99 of NFL fans or 99% of NFL fans until probably like two years ago. And now he's consensus top three nose in the league and they spent nothing to get him. <laughs> yeah. I think that Noah's going to end up in a similar place. And before you look at the Idaho school, scout the helmet and go, well, why didn't he play at a bigger place? He was accepted at a much more prestigious program chose to go to Idaho because his dad got the defensive line job there. Mm. Who's his dad, you might say? Well, I didn't make this connection, but we were talking to Emery Hunt of football game plan yesterday, and he said, is he Luther's kid? <laughs> and I thought, oh, God, how stupid am I? How many guys with the last name of Ellis spelled that way are over 350 and play defensive line? Yeah, Not Luther many. Ellis, former Detroit Lion, yeah. took the defensive line coach job at Idaho, so his kid followed him. Noah's first, I'll give you two steps yeah. at his weight, are not natural. He's been beating people with quicks. Let me repeat that. This is a guy <laughs> that is 350-plus legit, and he's beating people with quickness. That's a guy that can play in the NFL. And play a long time. For sure. His nose tackles, very underappreciated. 
But if you don't have a good one, you you feel it. <laughs> yeah, and if you're over 350 in this world and you can, and Scott's have said this to us straight up, if you could stand up and hold your spot at 350, you got a job. You're playing in the league. Yep. If you're over 350 and you can split doubles with your first two steps, whoa. Oh. Telling you, it's Grover Stewart all over again. Yeah. Same kind of player. Fun player. Uh, who's your number three for defense? My number three, uh, going to go out to the edge, Jeffrey Gunter, um, playing for course, Coastal Carolina. Uh, guy posted a bag drill video of you yesterday, just warming up. Good hands, explosive power. One of the rushers here with really good potential. Um, Gunter's just a name to watch. Edge, always in high demand. He's going to go earlier than most of the other edges here. I, yeah, he'll probably, well, not probably. Carson Wells also might get drafted in the top 100, too. Might be the first edge taken. But those two are probably battling it out, I would say. Yeah, he's got a shot for that. Big Cat's in that in that yeah. discussion as well. Um, but Gunter's not a guy that has escaped NFL scrutiny while he's been here. He, he didn't at Coastal either. But, again, being amongst his peers, making plays, was making plays in the – Indie drills today, one-on-one versus the OL in the period. He didn't have uh, as much in team period, but he's penetrating. Uh, edges don't get to hit the quarterback here for obvious reasons. He's <laughs> He could have several times. He's been in and touched the shoulder pads more than once to let yeah. him know, yeah, you'd be done right now if we were playing in anger. Um, yeah. Just a guy with good height, weight, speed, knows how to use his tools, very coordinated, not a guy that's going to need a ton of development. It would be great to see him go to a good defensive line coach or edge coach, depending on what team he went to. But guy with tools to play right now in a rotational edge game. Yeah. Uh, my last defensive guy, uh, Bryce Watts. I want to talk about him. He's going to go a lot higher than people realize. I would say at, so. At least from a, a physical tools perspective. like He is a top 100 lock, I would say, based mm-hmm. on physical tools. And I know for a fact at least one team has a second-round grade on him. Yeah. So he's going to go. And he's going to go to a team that loves to play press man all day long. Yeah. Because that's what he does. Got into a lot of trouble uh, with flags because he's not used to NFL rules. Neither was J.C. Horn. He'll learn. But you saw him. uh, There was one rep in team period where uh, I can't remember who the receiver was who got a step on him on a deep post. And, like, he just had the – easiest gas to recover and get right back in. Like, it was not an issue when yep. he got beat. And corners are going to get beat. That's, that's part sure. of the job. But if you can get back in phase after you get beat, that's what makes you special. Because that gives you a shot to at least then go back and play through the hands, break up a pass. Like If you can lose early and win late, that's the job description. And he's so physically long. gifted that he can do that. All day long. Talented defensive back group here. Lots of them. Uh, we've talked to some of the safeties. I highlighted Nick Grant before. Um, my last guy is Kyler McMichael, defensive back mm-hmm. from North Carolina, because probably the two best defensive back plays I've seen on day one and day two, he was involved in. Um, he's in the right place at the right time. This is a guy that, again, is elevating his profile. That's a great thing about all-star games. They get a chance to come in. Maybe he was just a guy designation before he got here. Makes a couple plays in front of agents, scouts, folks like us in the media. Um, makes you go back and say, this is a talented guy. This is one of those guys. 
defensive backs in the NFL, you need five. You need six, mm -hmm. right, depending on the system you play. Could he be a fourth, fifth, sixth guy right now in the NFL? He could replace some guys in the NFL right now. Good hands, round the ball, physical guy, decent size, good hips, changes direction really quickly. You saw that in the W drills. Um, just a guy that sort of I don't think was on anybody's high list coming in. None. And coming out, he's going to be on almost everybody's sort of second study list. Including mine, for yeah. sure. Because... Again, he's, this is what's great about the Shrine Bowl is you show up and when you see somebody live and you see them move against other all-star talent, these dudes are going to go play in the league. They don't get to play against NFL talent every single week. When you see them play against NFL quality talent and they're popping like that, like it's it's meaningful. That's why there's 24 GMs here. You know, the Seahawks sent a couple dozen scouts. <laughs> you can't go four feet. At the They're Shrine Bowl, everywhere, and not pop into like two Seahawks staffers. It's cool. They sent the whole freaking building down here. It's hilarious, but that's yeah, very Seahawks because, like, the Shrine Bowl is exactly where they like to get talent. And they they have a great reputation for competition always, right? Yes. And that's what this game is: is competition always, right? It's not about the stripes on the helmet. It's not about where you were before or where you got accepted, but you ended up going to X. It's about, I'm lining up against the younger brother of a guy that's playing in the league, and I just whooped him. Yeah. Right? That's what it's about. And we've seen a lot of that over the first two days. I absolutely guarantee we're going to see more of it as we move into Allegiant Stadium for the next couple of days of oh, practices. I can't wait. It's going to oh. be great. Um, all the players are super excited. We asked them all. You know, have you been to NFL stadiums? Some haven't. Um, some in major college programs the have Cle played in Clemson. Kid, yeah, played like half the league stadiums. At this yeah, he's point. like, well, bowl game one was in Dallas. Bowl game two was in. Uh, we won the Levi. Natty in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. So he listed off like six stadiums he's played in in the NFL, all because he played at a very successful. College and he's like, program. oh, and by the way, yeah, ACC championship in Charlotte. It's like, okay, okay, okay. right. So a lot of these. A lot of these players, though, they've maybe only been to one. Uh, maybe they have a, a sibling in the league and they've gone to see them play. Yeah. Um, no, almost none of them have been into Allegiant. It's a new building. That's understandable. I, I just kind of want to get, like, have you get B-roll as they're walking in and, like, looking around. Because Losing their mind. If you follow bootleg, you understand. We were there for week one. It is a football palace of the highest order. It is a great building. Um, and it's going to be really fun for them to start realizing – I'm going to do this every week. Yeah, in front of millions of people on NBC, yeah. including this week, Thursday night. Watch the game. We're going to be on the field getting crazy B-roll. It's going to be fun. But um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for watching. However you consume the show, we'll be back uh, ideally from this same spot tomorrow doing our day three recap after uh, we do interviews and after practice at Allegiant. going to be a long, 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 long day, as are most days here in vegas but uh man this is our job bro so good it's crazy it's crazy so good yeah so we'll see you guys tomorrow thank you again and uh yeah till then later take care